On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Cody and I will be evaluating Bobby Slowick through the course of the first two weeks and a conversation about Damian Pierce. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers, Texan fans worldwide to a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase, locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. If you are new to the Locked On Texan podcast, thank you for stopping by. You guys are doing a great job of running those numbers up. Make sure you continue to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And to all of our returning listeners and viewers, welcome back for another episode as we talk Texans, your team every day. I'm your Texas football analyst, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. And of course, joining me is none other than Sports Illustrated's own Texans credentialed media member, Cody Davis. New team captain. So we'll talk about that. Also, looking at evaluating Bobby Slug through the first two weeks of the regular season. What has he done good? What would you like to see him build off of? And what do you kind of want to see him kind of scrap away? But I think it's important to have a conversation. About Damian Pierce, a player who we all love, a player whose personality beams through the screen whenever you get a chance to see him, and a player that I think so far to this point has underperformed. And I think that's it goes both ways, the player, the line, and also looking at the offensive coordinator. First and foremost, Cody, a rough week for running backs across the NFL. Mm-hmm. Saquon, oh. Nick Chubb. Uh, you're looking at Brees Hall. He's, he's, he's still trying to work his way back. Uh, who else? It's, it's just not a positive week for running backs. And you look here in Houston, a conversation can be had about Damian Pierce not be careful now. his full <laughs> potential. Cody, would you like to start it off? Well, thank you, my brother, for letting me start this topic off. And look, John, I understand your frustration I understand that when you look at the Houston Texans offense, first and foremost, everything could and should and needs to be better. This is an organization. This is a team that is sitting at 0-2 to start the season. The run game has not been there. And I'm not the only one who believes that the run game needs to get better. And we can run the ball better. It starts with... Just our communication up front, just being on the, the details again and communicating uh, where are we going, where are we ID and just being on it. And also just, just how we're running it, just staying after it and making plays. We had some plays there to be made. But there's one guy free in the hole, right? If we can make sure we're on the right person and be where we're supposed to be, there are some explosive plays in the run game to be made. Now, the reason why I played that clip, because I wanted everyone to know that Coach D'Amico Rines, Bobby Slowett, myself, everybody understands that the run needs to be better. However, John, I just find it a little unfair to point at Damian Pierce, and this is a guy 
two games into the regular season. He has only rushed for 69 yards on 26 carries. I know those numbers sound terrible. However, and I hate to bring this up again, but it's the reality of the situations. Injuries have really took a toll on this organization, especially on the offensive line. And I find it really hard to, to, to truly evaluate and to truly, I guess in a sense, criticize the performance of Damian Pierce when the starting five that you put out there on the offensive line on Sunday, Josh Jones, Kendra Green, Jerry Patterson, Shaq Mason, and George Fant, they have averaged a combined through the first two games a run blocking grade of 55.9. I only bring that up because I don't know what running back in today's game I don't know what running back in the past, i.e. the best running back this franchise has ever seen in Arian Foster. I don't know what running back would be able to thrive in the situation that Damian Pierce is in to start his sophomore campaign. I really just don't see it, John. Yeah, but we know the story, um, and it's been beaten into the ground now surrounding the offensive line. But coming into this season, Damian Pierce was a player that Houston didn't seem to need to challenge because of how they felt about him as a player for this team. Right or wrong? No, you're right. You're right. He was a top weapon, projected to be a top weapon for this offense. And I understand circumstances aren't the best, but offensively, they have to find a way to get him, who's one of their best and healthiest players, involved. Right now, Pierce is tied but 25th in the league through two weeks in targets for a running back. Six targets, four catches, 13 yards. Three or four of those catches were behind his line of scrimmage, and a negative, uh, one of those catches was for negative four yards. He's top 20 as of right now for running backs on the field during passing opportunities, but he's ranked 53rd in the league in receiving yards for running backs and 34th in the league in yards per route run for running backs. The likes of Duke Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn, Kieran Williams, who right now is tearing it up for the L.A. Rams, they are in front of him, which I think speaks to how – we're going to talk about Bobby Sloyd, but it speaks to how the O.C. views their role in L.A. In, with the Cowboys, which is where I think Houston is struggling right now for maybe two reasons. Number one, the conversation should be had that Damian Pierce at this point in his career – is a one-dimensional running back that cannot impact the game if he's not running north and south. And I go as far as to say this. Watching the film, you guys are going to kill me. And trust and believe when I say this, I like Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce reminds me of a running back that I watched growing up in Lawrence Maroney, and I like his style. However, his style does not breed longevity in the NFL. And with his style, when I watch the tape at times, there is room for a cutback, but the vision isn't there because it seems like Damian Pierce is seeking the contact. And that is something going into this year. You've heard me say it on and off camera, on and off, on the phone, through text, on Twitter. In order for him to be a dynamic player, he's going to need to reduce the amount of contact that he initiates. You're not going to stop the contact in the NFL. We've seen it. We know it's going to happen. It's going to be there Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and maybe on Saturdays. That's just a game of football. But if you can avoid it, avoid it. And there's times and moments when I go back and I'm seeing Damian Pierce 
go here. Maybe on the right side of that offensive line, rightfully so. Shaq Mason is the only offensive lineman out there that you can really trust to run behind right now. And even he's struggling because of the four other guys are part of this makeshift offensive line. But there's an opportunity to cut back and maybe pick up extra yards, but the contact is over here. And I know a lot of you guys stick it to yourself when you look at some of these plays. But the angle of the safety, but the angle of the linebacker, We've seen a running back here in Houston in Arian Foster that all he needed was a one-cut go, and he's taken off. And a lot of people think that maybe the scheme isn't the right fit under Bobby Slug for Damian Pierce. That leads to be a question in itself, right? I think so. And I think that by the time the end of the season comes around, Houston may have a different evaluation for their running back room and prioritize adding a different type of back to this backfield, which is Cody. How much did you hear me say this throughout the draft process, throughout free agency? Mm-hmm. I said it a couple of days ago. Kareem Hunt is available. Now he may be in Cleveland due to the injury of Nick Chubb. So that's number one. How does Houston really – I mean, how how is Damian Pierce impacting the game if he's not running north and south? And I do view him as of right now as a one-dimensional back. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that lays more to the, the coaching staff and more so general manager Nick Casario – if you know that's his style of running, then maybe adding a more dynamic back to this running back room. I've seen moments, again, where Damian Pierce's vision has held him back. But for two, does Houston and Bobby Sloick have a way to scheme him into the passing game? Can they find a role for Pierce when he is on those passing downs to be impactful for the offense? This is a team that lacks talent, and heading into this year, Based off of what we saw last year, when Damian Pierce gets to that second level, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to do so. So that's that's to be fair to him, that's how bad it's been. But when he's get that second level, he becomes a player that the defenders got to make a business decision. Do I want to tackle him or do I kind of want to live the play another down? This is all the protection you needed. But for Houston, they're not doing a good job of scheming him up to where he got to go walk Smokey down the street, right? They're not doing a good job of making him a priority on certain downs when he's out on the field to get the ball in his hands creatively for for him to be able to get to the second and third level. And I think I'm more disappointed in that when I look at Bobby Slork more than anything because we know Nico is playing hot right now. Robert Woods has been pretty good for Houston. Tank Dale is coming along. But with the absence of Dalton Schultz being that security blanket, I will look to the running back spot to pick that energy up, and it hasn't been there right now. So I think for Damian Pierce, the conversation is kind of split in three ways. Damian Pierce himself, the lack of the offensive line stability and ability and health, and Bobby Sloyd, who we will evaluate, not being able to find a role for one of your going into the season, dynamic players offensively being able to get him the ball. When you talk about the Texans having the ability to add a running back that can add a little bit more to the backfield, John, wasn't that what Devin Singletary was supposed he's to been, be? He's 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 been – he's he's been <laughs> – Like, like – No and, words. And, and, and that's what I was going to get at, like – I don't know if I agree all the way because the one thing that I when when I when I'm looking at Damian Pierce, 
you know something that you and I, Sarge, um, B. Scott, all of us like to say, we give all of these young guys, what was it, a standard of three, three years. years. And that is who you're going to be. And I look at Damian Pierce as of right now, first and foremost, I think, if anything, he, I'm pretty sure he's going through a sophomore slump. But more importantly, I just think that he's he he's trying to learn to become more than just a, a, a one-dimensional running back. Because nah. I go back – no, 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 no. I go back to training camp. I go back to OTAs when he talked about how much he studied Christian McCaffrey. When he talked about the time that he put in with um, running back coach – Danny Barrett and how much they are trying to help him get improve his his pass protection and all of this other stuff like I'm if anything I'm pretty sure Damian Pierce is just going through this learning curve that a lot of these young guys are going to have to go through and look sometimes it's not just in their first season sometimes it's at the start of their second season I, I I seen it you seen it like Given how bad the Texans and Rockets have been over the last couple of years, we've seen these young guys go through these learning struggles. And I think as of right now, this is what Damian Pierce is going through. And once again, going back to the addition of, you know, them bringing in a more versatile running back, I think that is when you can definitely look at somebody like a Devin Singletary because you look at his time in Buffalo, and this part of the reason why I was high on him. (laughs) He was he was good in in blocking. He was good in a rushing attack, and he was good in a passing attack. And we haven't seen neither one of those. We have not. We have not. And again, so when I'm looking at Damian Pierce again, I want to make sure that I'm fair. And you guys hear me. Thirty three percent is on Bobby Slowick. Thirty three percent. Oh no, you know what? More than thirty three percent is on the <laughs> offensive line. Oh, I'm glad you went. But though. there is a percentage that's on Damian Pierce, mm-hmm. and I think that's fair. Right, and there's 15 more games to go. We'd hope to see during those 15 games if they a be able to find a role for him. And I'm going to. It may be small, but I'm criticizing them for picking Andrew Beck over Dalton King. I I just don't like the addition of Andrew Beck as a fullback, blocking wise. But not only in the passing game, but also be able to find different creative ways to give him the ball to rush that ball. Because again, he is a player. Once you get to that second and third level, guys begin to start making business decisions. And I do look back on Nick Casario. Um, You can't fault him for the offensive line going down and some of the things that has happened due to injury. But the running back room in itself is one of the worst in the NFL through the course of the first two weeks. Hey guys, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Rookie Wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, Zay Flowers, has had a fine debut in week one before more modest week two. But Flowers will go into full bloom while cruising to a big game on a weak Colts secondary at home in week three. Flowers will be he was keen to be open uh, as well as Baltimore's new look passing continue. Passing game continues to find more life with Lamar Jackson. Vinny Iyer from host. I'm sorry, Vinny Heyer, Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football 
is going to try to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So, if you want to make sure that you're burning rubber, not cash, keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com slash motors. Welcome back in, Locked on Texan listeners and viewers. So, I know by the time this show comes out, I'm going to get killed, right? And I'm, I'm I'm accepting it. I'm also inviting it because by no means, Cody and listeners and viewers, am I leaving out Bobby Slowick. Now, am I one of those people out there that believes through the course of the first two weeks Bobby Slowick should be fired? No. I mean, no Titus Howard. No Larry Tunsil for one game. Uh, Jared Patterson, who I went back and watched some of that tape, at least in the first half. Boy, did he have a rough day. The first half for Jared Patterson – for uh, for his efforts versus the Colts was comparable to the New York Giants game for Kenya Green. It was pretty bad. Wow. It was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> but he's a rookie, right? And so, like, you look at that, Josh Jones, who was maybe even worse, George Fant, who was George Fant. Uh, you look at Bobby Slork and the offensive line issues he's having to go through and not being able to establish some of the things – that he wants to establish. I think when I evaluate Bobby Slaw, guys, right now, you've heard me say this, and I'm going to say it again. I think moving forward, until you're able to get a solid offensive line, until you're able to get guys at the second level, because the defensive tackles were having their way with the interior offensive line for Houston. And again, I think Shaq Mason is suffering from not being able to have Titus Howard, Juice, and the rest of the offensive line balanced out. So uh, I feel for Shaq Mason. But overall, until your offensive linemen are able to move bodies and get to the second level and create running lanes, I think moving forward, Bobby Slork should use the passing attack to open up the run game. I think so. And on top of that, CJ, who's very effective when he has the pocket clean a clean pocket we've seen him try to make plays on a run with the pocket breaking down and things like that but cj is a guy that has had success passing across the middle nico collins is doing an amazing job with some of these post routes and deep slants but you know i also would like to see especially with how good tank dale looked on sunday i also would like to see some crossing routes that will kind of allow more opportunities for your receivers to run in space, right? And so I think overall you saw Bobby Sloyd kind of make that switch later in that second half, late in the third quarter, fourth quarter, where you saw him just say, you know what, we got to go out swinging with C.J. Stroud or nothing else is going to positive going to happen. I like Bobby Sloyd to move forward while looking forward, when him moving forward, excuse me, to use the passing attack to open up the run game because, boy, I tell you, those play actions ain't fooling nobody. So, given everything that you just said, John, what would you grade him? A, B, C, D, F, or incomplete? Don't want to grade him. 
I don't want to grade oh. him yet. I don't want to grade him yet. I, do, I don't simply because I can't. I can't say you know in fairness to Bobby Slaw. I mean to Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. You know the offensive line is this, and I'm also looking at your offensive coordinator, coordinator not using you in certain ways, and then turn around and say, "Yeah, I'm grading Bobby Slaw." When Bobby Slaw is also, I can say, "Well, your offensive line ain't this, and your running, your running game ain't doing this at well mm-hmm. through two weeks." Now, if this was five weeks in the season, that's different. Six weeks in the season, or we're looking at right before the bye week, that's different. But I, what I will say is, I like the fact that. At least from what I'm seeing, Nico is your true for this team, your true number one receiver, and he's involved in the game plans. He is a guy that they're game planning and scheming for, which is when you go back to the first two years of his young career. I don't know how many times, if ever, Nico was game planning for it. If the offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton or Tim Kelly, was like, you know what, we got to find a way to get you the ball. Mm-hmm. Don't know how many times that has, that has happened. So with Nico is different. I like that. Uh, again, Dalton Schultz, where are you? Oh my God, what happened to Dalton Schultz? <laughs> but I don't want to grade him yet. I don't want to grade mm-hmm. so. I mean, uh, uh, Sloak. I don't want to grade D'Amico because I can say the same thing for D'Amico. You're out two safeties. Mm-hmm. So I'm not grading guys. I'm only going off what I'm seeing on tape. I think there is improvement for Bobby Sloak. I, I hope he never does a fullback dive with Andrew Beck again. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Um, but my criticism of him right now is find different and creative ways to get your running backs the ball in space so they can help your quarterback out and help this offense move the chains. And 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 don't be afraid to say, you know what, CJ, let's go out there and rock it, baby. Let's 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 use your arm to win this game. Um, I'm actually split down the middle on Bobby Sloyd. Um if, if I had to grade him, I would have to say incomplete as of right now because I'm split only because there have been things that Bobby Sloyd has done that I did not like. And there's basically been just as many stuff that he's done in a game that I did like. I'm going to start with the bad. First and foremost, John, you hit the most questionable one as of right now, the uh, fullback dive. Like, what in the world was that? Didn't understand that. And, of course, Another issue that I had with Bobby Sloyd was kind of going back to the very first game against the Baltimore Ravens. First and foremost, you got away from Damian Pierce right when he was seen it seeming like he was starting to find his groove in the rushing attack. And it seemed like after he kind of just went away from Damian Pierce, that's probably the reason why we have in that discussion in the first segment. But then I think the biggest one was utilizing Tank Dell more so than Noah Brown. And when you go back and you take a look at that game Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts, Colts, you definitely saw what Tank Dell means to this passing game, to C.J. Stroud, and to the Houston Texans offense as a whole. So those are the things that I did not like. However, Some of the things that I do like, first and foremost, after sitting through Tim Kelly, after covering Tim Kelly, after covering Pep Hamilton, the Texans now have an offensive coordinator who isn't afraid to go out there and trust his quarterback and trust his offense to go out there and move the chains. A lot of people for the longest have been complaining, the Texans have a vanilla-style offense, blah, 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 blah. Once Bobby Sloyd starts to find his neck as a play caller, once C.J. Stroud and the rest of these young guys really start to find their groove, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a very effective and a very explosive offense that be, that we have been 
wanting to see for the longest down here in the city of Houston. However, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I wanted to add to that. Hey, hey, yo, they didn't take preseason seriously enough for me. Well, that is so. true, especially and with so, a rookie quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, like, how many opportunities did we get, to, you know, to see with Tank Dale and CJ? I think week one was the first time I saw <laughs> CJ complete a pass to Tank Dale. Seriously. Uh, yeah, it was. But I, I'm looking at a situation where, you know, establishing your identity for a team that's been a dumpster fire, got to clean all that up. Mm-hmm. It's no quick fix. It's not easy, as we are seeing. So every rep counts. And 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 watching the preseason at times, I'm thinking to myself, why the heck is CJ not on the field right now? Why isn't he out there on the field with Tank there with John Metchie? Why? But, but that's that's it. That seemed like an issue that was across the whole entire league. Because you saw no, it you was. saw you saw Bryce Young did the other night, right? How you gonna take a snap lining up at right right guard? Like he was come on now. Hennessy. <laughs> I don't know. But, but what I'm getting in there, I mean, it is it, it is across the league. I don't think nobody mm-hmm. for real offensively took the preseason serious. But we're looking at Houston, man. Y'all are in a situation where rookie quarterback, third year wide, like everything is young here. It ain't no vest. It ain't no, you know, it ain't none of that going on. So mm-hmm. put y'all out on the field. And I think right now Houston is trying to, you know, find their identity because I tell you what, if they would have took that preseason a little bit more seriously, I think they would have known. Also, injuries are playing a factor into this that maybe they need to kind of be 60-40 passing, right? And then, and then you know, because in preseason, Titus Howard wasn't playing. He was out, so you would have known about that injury. You would have known about the, the the you know, Quisenberry and, you know, all of that. You would have known about some of this stuff. Um, you didn't take preseason seriously enough for me, and you didn't get a chance to establish your identity early enough. And I think Houston is going through that right now. The biggest thing that I really came to appreciate about Bobby Sloy is the way that he's working with his players. And I came to that realization Monday. We had an opportunity to talk to Robert Woods, and I asked Wood, two games two games into the regular season, how do you evaluate Bobby Sloy as a first-time offensive coordinator? Uh, it's a little bit of injuries, obviously, like protection. Uh, we want to hit some big shots. We, we have to be able to protect our quarterback. But, I mean, he's he's a great OC, making some right calls. I feel like he's able to trust his players. I feel like he felt our receiver energy uh, in this past game. We're kind of feeding him, like, come on, coach, let us go. Keep keep throwing, keep it in the air. Um, just, I mean, we're down. We're trying to make plays. We're asking for the ball. And that's what you want from all your guys on, on the offense side. You want a, a team full of guys who, who want the ball in their hands. And I think Slowick knows that, and he's trying to – Call these plays to get his playmakers in space, and uh, he's doing—he's doing what he can. He's making stuff happen, making plays happen. But like I said, uh, it starts on on first downs. If we get a great first down, that that playbook opens up a whole lot, and uh, we protect our quarterback. It opens up a whole lot. This 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 offense could do a whole lot. I wish I had an opportunity to pull up the click the clip of Tank Dell because Tank Dell <laughs> because Tank Dell said um, coming out of halftime break. Tank said it was himself, Nico, and Robert Woods. And they'll say, hey, throw the ball, coach. We starting to feel it. And that's very important because when you go back and you take a look at Sunday's game, the first half, it was uh, subpar at best. But the second half, that's when we really started to see that offense click. 
And that was part of those in-game adjustments. Look, ladies and gentlemen, in-game adjustment doesn't mean a coach is just going to make up new X's and O's. Sometimes you need to listen to your players. Sometimes you need to feed the high hand. And that's exactly what he did. And that's why I look at Bobby Sloyd and I'm thinking to myself, I think the biggest issue that a lot of people really are not talking about in terms of Bobby Sloyd is the fact that regardless of the excitement that you had, regardless of, 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 Case Keenan coming out saying that his playbook is the greatest hits of the West Coast offense or whatever the case might be, Bobby Sloyd is still a very young offensive coordinator. And I think, you know, we need to throw away all the fire him and he's he's not that good of an offensive coordinator, all that. We got to throw that away, at least give the man till the, the, the bye week because that man is going out there learning and not only is he going out there and learning and trying to find his niche, he's doing it, John, to your point, with a very young team. Prospects, 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 your daily fantasy sports made easy. Right now, prospects got it to where you can win up to 25 times your money this football season. All you got to do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Testing your skills on prize picks will be super fun and super exciting. You can turn $10 into $250. I know them light bills are a little high out there. If you want to go ahead and place that entry, you can turn $10 into $250. Prize picks also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discount select players' projections up to 25% to provide even more value for you. And now you can use Apple Pay for a quick and easy deposit into your account this football season. So go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. How am I being a positive role model on the team? It don't matter if you're a senior all the way down to a freshman. You know what I'm saying? Like what's my impact on somebody? You know, how, how am I making them feel? Did I get that person better today? Did I trip my brother up today? Did I have my brother's back today? Did I take a rep off today? You know what I'm saying? Like, the team is only as far as y'all go. Like, coach is just coach. Well, y'all out there on the field together, you know what I'm saying? The big man in the back, not to put you on the spot, but like, this your last year, right? How you gonna impact his life until you get ready to go? How you gonna get him better? How you gonna get him to be ready to be a captain when you can leave? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of challenges you gotta start holding yourself up to. Like, how am I helping this team continue to go and get better? That way, like, my coach, <laughs> I had an old coach from the South. Like, he used to be, I want to get to a point where I'm just out there sucking on my lollipop and I'm chilling. I ain't got to say nothing. Like, that's the point where you got a really good team, bro. But, like, have fun with it. Like, don't take no delight. I'm telling you, bro. Like, if I could go back and play high school football again, like, NFL is fun. College is fun. But, like, these days right here, bro, like, you really, like, don't, like, miss these days and love these days. But, like, don't ever be like, oh, I'm tired. Coach this, coach that. I'm telling you, you going to look back and you going to wish, like, you would have did something different. So like, really like, take advantage of this time, man. Have fun doing this, buy into whatever your coach telling you to do, bro. And play for your brother besides you, dog. Like, really have fun doing this, bro. Like, you don't ever know, like, when that opportunity can come for you, bro. Like, and let me tell you something, bro. Like, I just listening to y'all, bro. Like, it don't matter who got offers. It don't matter how old you are, bro. It don't matter about none of that. When you get on the field, that's what it matters about, bro. It don't matter if you're young, Oh, it doesn't matter if you're doing your job and doing it the right way, bro. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that's all. That's all it takes. But man, man y'all boys have fun doing this. Hope y'all having fun this evening, man. Uh, I'm gonna be rooting for y'all boys. Hopefully, I can catch a game. Cause I really like just being around y'all. Y'all remind me a lot of my high school team, bro. Goofy, funny, and I seem like y'all got a really good, like, bunch of great athletes, bro. So I'm gonna try to make it to one of y'all games, man. But I'm super excited to be here today, man. But keep working hard. Keep listening to your coaches. Step up. Keep leading the young guys. Young guys. Keep teaching the older guys, man. And everybody just have fun and buy into it, bro. Y'all have a great season. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. By the way, by the time some of you guys hear this, we will see what's going on with Laramie Tunsil, whether or not Jalen Petrie is going to be back, whether or not Jimmy Ward is going to be back, whether or not CJ Stroud will practice because, you know, the weird, questionable shoulder injury that he had. But what you guys literally just heard, um, yesterday I had an opportunity to go check out Will Anderson Jr. He made a meet and greet appearance at Dick Sporting Good down there in Katy. And what you guys just heard, he gave a, you know, very telling speech to Royal High School football team. They was in attendance. He had an opportunity to do some football drills with those young guys, by the way. I don't know what they're putting in the milk today, but there was at least three or four high school football players kids, looking like they was the same size as Will Anderson Jr. Some big kids. <laughs> it was crazy. I'm Katie. Yes. Oh, yes. You see one of them on Saturdays, Sundays. Don't worry. Oh, man. But the reason why I played that clip and due to all the injuries in the game, we really did not have an opportunity to talk about it, but we're about to do it now. But Will Anderson is one of one of three new captains that the Houston Texans added to their captainship for the 2023 campaign. I'm pretty sure some of it had to do now. No, 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 no. It's seven. And I'm pretty sure it had to do with going into Sunday's game. Three out of your original four captains was hurt next to Will Anderson Jr. Steven Nelson is, has been named captain and Robert Woods as well. Um, Steven Nelson talked about being named a, a captain uh, was a very good was a very good moment for his career. He said that he actually shared a tear and that was very telling because with Steven Nelson becoming a team captain, it just really shows the growth that he and his franchise have 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 gone through throughout this whole entire offseason. Because you remember, prior to training camp, I was one of them guys looking at Steven Nelson, looking at the sub tweets, looking at the sub Instagram posts, thinking to myself, yeah, this guy might not be on the team too much longer. Steven Nelson has only allowed four catches for 32 yards through the course of the first two games of the season. He's been very good for the Houston Texans defense. So shout out to him for getting that C on your on your on your jersey. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans Podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Give me a follow as well until the wheels fall off on X slash Twitter slash whatever you want to call it at John underscore Hickman12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on thread at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.